What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports, as always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's number one rated sportsbook app. In this episode, I wanted to talk about off-season strategy for the Colorado Rockies, what they will do, what they should do, and in the second segment of this episode, I'll be talking about a couple of uh, a couple of former Rockies, which I want to recognize a little bit. Um, just just explain a little bit of backstory on that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see uh, these two specific Rockies and where they are. Uh, the irony of their current position. Uh, I did want to talk about specifically how, um, I know it's not part of the off-season, but uh, the MLB draft, which I believe is scheduled to be during the All-Star game next season uh, to make it a more front and center event, which is definitely needed. You watch the NFL draft and see how televised that is, the NBA draft, uh, which is also heavily televised and, and covered. And the MLB draft, while the diehard fans can see what's going on, it's not as significant of an event, so I, I agree with what they're doing with it. Um, and I, I wanted to take a look at, at what the Rockies should do in terms of their draft strategy. And the Rockies have the 8th overall pick in the 2021 draft. So the Rockies are sort of at a crossroads. Uh, and I've, I've spoken about this, is that a lot of what the Rockies do over the course of the next few seasons has to do significantly with the contract of Nolan Arenado. Now, obviously, it's up to Nolan to decide uh, whether he will opt in or opt out of the remainder of his contract at the end of next season. If he performs again next season like he did this season, then it would be advisable for him to opt in uh, because I, there's no possible way he could make up for the, the money on the back end of that contract with the performance he gave. But at the same time, if he wants to go somewhere to win, then perhaps it is a better idea for him to opt out and join a contending team. Again, that's up to him, and we have really no idea which direction he'll go at this point in time. And it's a 50-50 shot, and there's even a possibility that the Rockies will trade him. So in terms of draft strategy, there's not a lot that the Rockies can do to bank on Nolan for the foreseeable future. And so their strategy should be, considering that there's not a huge logjam at any positions in the minor league uh, system that the Rockies have built up, um, ironically except at third base. I believe there's several third basemen in the top 30 um, that the Rockies have, including uh, Ryan Valade, uh, Aaron Schunk, Colton Welker, um, and, I mean, potentially Josh Fuentes, you can consider him a corner infielder, but, you know, he's over at uh, first base for the time being. So I think the Rockies have uh, the freedom to draft at basically any position. Um, I wouldn't advise drafting a shortstop. I'm not sure it would be the wisest thing to make that sort of move 
considering that the fact that probably the franchise's best player at this point in time, uh, and especially considering age is, is Trevor's story, this guy is going to be an MVP candidate for uh, for years to come. And I'm not even ruling out that Nolan Arenado won't, uh, but as of now, Trevor Story is younger, and he put up a better season. And the Rockies don't have him under contract for, I mean, past the 2021 offseason. So drafting a shortstop isn't the best move in terms of optics. Um, so I think the Rockies should probably avoid the left side of the infield between third and sh uh, shortstop. But first base, second base, pitcher, catcher, outfield, all up for grabs. And looking ahead to this this draft the two top arms um in this draft are definitely going to be gone and both are the vanderbilt pitchers between kumar rocker and jack leader um but this class still has a strong talent uh, a crop of talent of outfielders and pitchers i think the rockies could benefit from either of those positions very strongly uh, whether now or down the road the rockies currently don't have a very high ranking uh, prospect system a very high-ranking minor league system and a lot of this has to do with the fact that most pitchers are projected to play at Coors Field and some of the hitters are undervalued because they have to play at Coors Field so there's there's a whole uh, bunch of factors that play into evaluating the the prospect system in, in that Colorado has as, or, as an organization but still I think that there is definitely ways to boost the way that Colorado's prospects are perceived I mean, still players like Brennan Rogers received a lot of hype, um, despite his status as a as a Colorado Rocky, and I think there's ways that the Rockies can rebuild their farm system, and I think that they are going to have to do that sooner than later. Uh, all of their best players, except for Trevor Story, are approaching age where you really have to be a contending team for uh, for them to be useful to you at this point in time. So overall, in terms of draft strategy, the Rockies should take the best player available. I know this isn't until another uh, at least nine months or so, uh, but I did want to encompass the fact that when the Rockies are looking at gathering players, they should be less concerned about um, fit, uh, especially in like the Kevin Pillar trade where Jeff Bright had cited uh, someone being a grinder. Uh, I think they should be very concerned with adding talent and talent whether it be in its raw form or in its more uh, composed form refined form i think the rockies just need a lot more talent on the roster from top to bottom and talent in the farm system from top to bottom and i, I know and i realize that seems like a very broad statement and it's not like the rockies are opposed to that obviously they've been attempting to uh, but i think in this past offseason when the Rockies shied away from spending money, they recognized that this wasn't going to be a playoff season even after the hot start that they had. I've talked about this before, uh, but I think that the Rockies do need to be more aggressive with their acquisition of talent, whether that be in the draft, whether that be in free agency or via trade. So those are the things I wanted to talk about next. And that's free agency. I've talked about the possible free agent candidates that I think the Rockies could benefit from. Uh, but I, I did want to just verbalize the philosophy that the Rockies should at least consider strongly when making free agent decisions. 
And the names that it that you that I listed this these past couple episodes, if you notice, they weren't huge names. They weren't the biggest names on the market. Um, I didn't say the Rockies should go after, say, a Trevor Bauer, a DJ LeMahieu, say, irony there, him being a big name in free agency, um, or even someone like Marcel Ozuna, who would definitely be a more expensive name because of his production, but I don't think someone that the Rockies would benefit from in terms of value. So I think you don't have to go after the big names in free agency like uh, bigger teams have traditionally done. And the Rockies don't necessarily have to skimp on payroll either. They have they have the ability to make a couple of decently large signings. Again, not the bigger names, but in this case, the Rockies don't have to chase the big names, but there are some more affordable signings that can fill out the roster and make it more complete and potentially turn this team into a competitive one. But at this point in time, the roster is too shallow to do so. Uh, so in terms of free agency... I wanted to emphasize the fact that the Rockies should probably go after value picks. I feel like that's the most basic possible statement that anyone could ever make in terms of free agency. But there are names out there that the Rockies should and will have the opportunity to sign. Uh, it's just a matter of whether they will do so or not. And the information is available to them as easily as I was able to pull up the information uh, in terms of expected statistics they have or they should at least have more proprietary statistics that uh, would benefit them uh, more specifically and more suited to Coors Field. A and again, one of the priorities for the Rockies this offseason should be to revamp, uh, rebuild, and invest heavily into their analytics staff. And I think that's something that every team needs, and the Rockies need it specifically and potentially even more so with the unique circumstances that they face as residents of Coors Field. In terms of trades, we can't rule out a trade of Nolan Arenado, and we can't rule out a trade of Charlie Blackman. I think the Rockies recognize that these players are gaining in age. Maybe not Arenado, he's still on the right side of 30, but Blackman is on the other side of 30. He has a somewhat expensive contract, he produces very well, but he doesn't produce to the value of his contract, in my opinion. I think that if the Rockies were trying to build for a long-term uh, success, at, at this point in time, the Rockies either don't have the funds or don't have the prospects to fill out this roster and make it a contending team. Even if they were to do so immediately, I don't believe that the Rockies have the talent to be a true contending team, they would simply be a uh, mediocre bottom-of-the-pack playoff team, especially with this expanded playoffs. It may not even be worth it to uh, just gun for the playoffs. I think that the Rockies really need to start from the ground up and try and build a contending team and not just a uh, playoff resident. So I think in the sense that the Rockies need to do so, uh, make moves this offseason looking forward to the future rather than just one season into the future. The Rockies need to extend Trevor's story with a very large deal. That's absolutely true. Keeping both Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland is a must. I'm not sure how much success Kyle Freeland uh, would have elsewhere. Uh, it's kind of uh, difficult to pinpoint that as uh, his style is so unique. 
Herman Marquez would find success anywhere. I think keeping at least those two is a necessity to uh, maintain a high-level pitching staff. John Gray's value is really low right now, so his trade value might not be uh, ideal. And there's always a possibility and even a likelihood at this point that I think he'll bounce back. Uh, I think David Dahl also, his value is too low to sell on him. And obviously both of these guys have chances to bounce back, but at this point in time, the two best trade ships that the Rockies have are Nolan Arenado, and obviously he has a massive contract, so that's a detracting factor. And then and then Charlie Blackman, who's uh, not necessarily within the timeline of the Colorado Rockies if the Rockies are trying to build a contending team. Uh, but Blackman is still productive at this age, and I think he could fetch at least at least something to boost the farm system, uh, something relevant. So overall, I believe that the Rockies should take a best player available approach to the MLB draft. They should go after value in free agency, which again, very basic principle, but I think the information is available for the Rockies to do exactly this. And then in trades, I think you the Rockies have to match their timeline with their players that may not be on the timeline with players with uncertain futures. Uh, those can be considered at least a, as a bit more expendable. I think the Rockies could build up future value using those players who may be more useful to other teams uh, in the immediate future. Obviously, there is a connection between Nolan Arenado and the fan base. Uh, the Rockies did a fantastic job developing him, drafting him, and there is that connection. Uh, but again, baseball is a business. Um, as much of a cliche as that is, it is incredibly true. Uh, but the Rockies have to treat it like such uh, if they want to be a successful team. That's how the Tampa Bay Rays are run. That's how the Atlanta Braves are run. Uh, that's how the New York Yankees are run, of course. Um, Obviously, they have a little bit more money to play around with, but they still they still rely on the data, and I think the Rockies need to uh, start doing so. I think that is a very big foundation. I think that is something that the Rockies should uh, change as an entire philosophical approach to doing work in the front office, player acquisition, player development. Now, with that said, I want to say a word about our sponsor for the show, and that's DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 5 of football is in the books, and now it is time to review the tape and get ready for Week 6. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 6, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code MHS to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
so for the last half of this episode, I wanted to talk about a couple of former Rockies players that uh, we've watched over the course of this season, and specifically two that are left uh, currently in the National League Championship Series, uh, the first of which is Jake McGee. Um, uh, Jake McGee is someone who a lot of Rockies fans joked about um, after he was cut from the Rockies this season. Uh, he was joked about because fans thought it would be ironic and appropriate is, uh, if he left the Rockies and became successful elsewhere, which uh, is exactly what happened. Uh, Jake McGee was uh, surprisingly one of the more effective relievers in baseball, uh, throwing uh, only fastballs, which it doesn't make any sense. Uh, he was effective this year. Um, he His velocity is great. His spin rate is fantastic. I think the Dodgers pitching staff, uh, their pitching coach, probably made some significant adjustments that the Rockies were insufficient in doing, and that's one of the reasons that he was so effective this year, uh, as opposed to someone like Brian Shaw, who left the team and saw the same results. So uh, Jake McGee was a shock, and he has been excellent this postseason, um, even despite giving up the home run uh, to Ozzie Albies in uh, the most recent NLCS game. Uh, regardless, Jake McGee has been effective, and it's been uh, interesting, <laughs> to say the least, to, to watch that development. Now, a more encouraging development has been sort of like a uh, reverse, maybe not a reverse, but basically a parallel Daniel Bard. Now, if you were listening at the beginning of the season, I, I did an entire episode about Daniel Bard and uh, wrote a piece on him as well. I think Daniel Bard was a uh, fantastic find for the Rockies, and uh, the piece and article that I wrote, as, uh, as well as the podcast episode I did, uh, came before a lot of his success this season. In terms of profile, his spin rate, um, his success in all of his pitches this season, uh, really came before a lot of the success that he had. So it was, it was even more impressive looking at the end of the season, what the finished product was of Daniel Bard. And hopefully the Rockies can re-sign him and retain him. Uh, but in the same sense, there's a player for the Braves. Um, Tyler Matzik is pitching for Atlanta. And he's someone who looked like he was going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal prospect for the Colorado Rockies. He made it to the major league level and was incredibly effective. And then all of a sudden overnight, he got the yips. Uh, very similar to what Daniel Bard went through. Uh, but in after the last basically half of the decade, uh, Tyler Matzik uh, decided to give up at some points in time, and his wife encouraged him. Um, a lot of this information came from uh, Patrick Saunders at Denver Post, but um, his wife encouraged him to keep trying, and there was a couple of adjustments that he made mechanically, and I think a lot of times when you make mechanical adjustments as a pitcher, it clears everything up mentally as well. Uh, and that really helped him. He switched to a more of an overhand slot. And now he's pitching in high leverage situations in the National League Championship Series uh, under, ironically, uh, bench coach for the Braves, Walt Weiss, who uh, stuck with him, definitely uh, was one of the reasons why he was having this opportunity. Uh, so it's a very, very cool story to see what Tyler Matzik did and is continuing to do. Uh, we'll probably see him in the World Series this year as the Braves are up 2-0 on 
the Los Angeles Dodgers. Obviously, can't count out a team after uh, two games, but uh, the Braves are a very, very good team, and I think that before the postseason started, I would have probably picked the Braves. I did pick the Rays to make it to the World Series, so uh, I uh, that looks like that's coming true. I should have made a National League pick. I would have picked the Braves. Um, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, uh, looking forward to this postseason, watching these two guys compete um, the rest of the way. Uh, former Rockies, it's uh, it's bittersweet uh, to say the least. Like. Tyler Matzik, fantastic, very happy for him. Good story, absolutely. Uh, Jake McGee is more bittersweet because it feels like the Rockies could have salvaged um, more use out of him, especially with the contract that the Rockies signed him to. Uh, but that's baseball. Um, baseball is uh, unforgiving. It's a game of failure, uh, as it's often referred to as. So with this episode, uh, again, talked a little bit about offseason strategy for the Rockies as well as uh, as these two former Rockies pitchers so uh, with that thank you for listening please share this episode on social media on Twitter follow me on Twitter at Cade Walker NBA Cade Walker NBA on Twitter uh, and thank you for tuning in to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports and see you next time